This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. The most memorable interviews and listener calls from the week that was on Fight Back with Libby Snymer. Welcome to the best of Fight Back with Jane Brown. Good afternoon and welcome to the Sunday edition of the Best of Fight Back. More of what you want to hear from the week that was. On Wednesday, we continued to digest the results of Monday's federal election and drill down on what the outcome of a minority liberal government means for Canadians. Libby Snymer was joined by a panel of three political strategists, conservative Jason Leader, liberal Bob Richardson and New Democrat Kim Wright. It's interesting. There were some we lost, uh, some where I saw in Essex County, for example, Tracy Ramsey, who unfortunately lost that, you know, when you have 23,000 votes and you still lose, it's still it's 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 heartbreaking. But there's some new MPs uh, that uh, the new Democrats elected that we're pretty excited about. Matthew Green out of Hamilton, uh, Lindsay Matheson uh, from London, uh, some of our new Ontario MPs and some returning folks who have some real deep legislative roots. Uh, you know, I look to people like Brian Massey from Windsor, Carol Hughes from Algoma, Manitoulin in a minority government situation where it's going to be more important than that not only do you understand how to uh, work through and across party lines, but also understand how the rules uh, function. Uh, I think that those uh, those folks will be well served in in a new government. So I'm excited about some of them. Do I hate losing? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, and I don't think anyone likes the ugly side of election night. But can't, voters are never wrong. I may not agree with them, but voters are never wrong. Bob Richardson, to listen to the prime minister. Minister's acceptance speech. You would have thought that that he won another huge majority. He was even saying things like Canadians have rejected division. Is there any soul searching now going on in the Liberal Party? He's got a lot of work to do. Uh, he's got, uh, but you know, he did. Uh, let's not forget, he did uh, elect uh, members of Parliament in eight out of ten provinces in two out of three of the Northern Territories. Um, he's got a, a pretty solid, uh, a pretty solid group across the board. Um, he does have some holes that he's going to have to fill and they're going to have to figure out how they do that. So he's got a lot of work to do. He's got to listen. He's got to learn. He's got to work with every party, not just one party. I thought, uh, Harper did that very well, uh, uh getting other parties to vote for, uh, you know, almost on a vote by vote basis. And the Martin government did that relatively well for a while too, as well. So, Lots of work to do, lots of learning, and I think he's got a lot of listening to do, particularly in Western Canada. Jason Leader, I know you've been f- emphasizing the gains that the Conservatives made in the number of seats and saying that Andrew Scheer has been doing well, but still uh, we are reading and hearing about the knives being out, and Angus Reid even even put a number on it. They said 40% of Conservatives want want him gone. Um, the, I think that in a minority parliament, um, voters judge you by a different way than they, do, they normally do. But in this kind of a minority parliament, it's can you work along with others? Uh, are you able to, uh, you know, be productive in getting some of your your, your policies uh, put together? 
and and ultimately, are you a force for good or not good? And I think that's the way that people will be judged. Whoever solves that Rubik's cube is going to, you know, probably win the next election. Is there going to be one issue that uh, the NDP will have as their price that they want to start with? Pharmacare, maybe? I, I think a meaningful movement on pharmacare. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to presuppose where any of these debates and discussions and negotiations roll out. Jigmeet put uh, forward six issues that mattered to uh, to him as leader of the. New Democrats. I think that would be the starting place. Uh, I would expect there needs to be meaningful movement on on pharmacare. Okay. And uh, Bob, what are you leaving us with? I don't think we should be, quote, held hostage by any one party. I think we should be looking to try to do things on a vote-by-vote basis. Um, and uh, I think there's a number of things that we have in common with the New Democratic Party on, uh, on uh, climate change, on pharmacare, on a number of others where I think we can work together and uh, work some things out. But that doesn't exclude, uh, uh, the, I, that shouldn't exclude the government working with other parties on certain issues too as well, like pipelines in the West. Okay, and Jason? I'm proposing, or what I would like to see out of this government, is the, the same kind of approach that Mr. Martin used in 04, Mr. Harper used in 06, which is the one that Bob's espousing, which is a case-by-case basis. You can work with the Conservatives on things, you can work with the New Democrats on things, you can work with the Green Party, and you might even be able to work with the Bloc on some stuff. I think Canada will be better governed if Mr. Trudeau chooses that approach rather than a two-year accord with the NDP. Well, yeah, I think there's not much appetite for that in the country. No, I, yeah. I, but I, what I think needs to be happening is really ultimately is that there actually needs to be a working parliament that works for Canadians, regardless of whether it's issue by issue or anything else. Uh, I think things actually have to move forward and people need to feel that it's moving forward because a lot of people have been left behind. New Democrat strategist Kim Wright, conservative Jason Leader, and liberal Bob Richardson. You're listening to the best of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. I'm Jane Brown. Toronto Mayor John Tory is feeling optimistic about an ongoing relationship with the Trudeau Liberals in Ottawa. All 25 ridings in Toronto went Liberal in Monday's election, but because it's a minority government, the mayor thinks this could work in the favour of Toronto's best interests. Mayor Tory joined Libby on Wednesday to discuss the Liberal sweep of Toronto. The real test for that is, are, are they doing a good job representing their local interests? Because the party they represent, if you said to me, okay, we had, you know, four NDP and four conservative and a bunch of liberals or any other such number, I don't know how much difference that makes. I think it does mean there are voices from another party that might stand up in the House of Commons and ask a question about Toronto or apply some pressure. But I will say this. The previous uh, group of Liberal MPs, most of whom have been re-elected, same people, um, did a pretty good job of lobbying on our behalf to get money for transit, money for housing. So I just hope they go back to work and have the same or more success than they had before on things like more money for transit, more money for affordable housing, and get added to that list things like mental health and community safety. So I will not say it's a bad thing. These are people who you know, have worked with us well in my time as mayor, and I hope will going forward. Uh, And the people make that choice. I never argue with whether it's right, wrong, good, bad. They made their choice. And so I now, my job is to work together with the people who are elected, and that's what I'll do. Okay. Uh, And how does the fact that it's a minority parliament play into this? 
I think it helps us a little bit to work with the other parties uh, to apply pressure on the government so that when it comes to, say, money for affordable housing or the kinds of investments we need in community safety, especially for investing in neighborhoods and kids and families, we can work with the with the NDP, for example, or, uh, you know, and we will continue to work with the official opposition, the Conservatives. Um, but I think that can help. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, a- anytime there's a majority government, that majority government can choose to just say, well, thank you for your views and not pay much attention to them. Uh, in minority government, you tend not to be able to do that. So I think that uh, it should help us advance our cause uh, with a government that has been a pretty good partner for Toronto overall. They've kept most of the promises they made in the last election, 2015. Now the job is going to be to get them to keep the promises they made in this election on things like community safety, housing, transit, and so on. Okay. Do you have uh, priorities, what you want to see get done first? Uh, Well, yes, I do in this respect, Libby. I would say that we have quite a bit of committed money for transit and housing, and the challenge will be just to make sure it flows. Uh, I'd like to see more committed for the future, but I think if we just get the money that's already committed from the previous term of office uh, flowing, that would be fine. So it means in terms of new investment, uh, you know, that we would like to see them move forward and make it would be in the areas of community safety, especially investment in some of the neighborhoods that really need some support to help us with gun violence and just to help us with opportunity. And secondly, mental health. It is a huge issue we've discussed before uh, that is confronting us in many different aspects of city life, like homelessness, uh, policing, and so on. And we really need more help with mental health. We saw an extremely conciliatory statement from Premier Doug Ford, who's basically been MIA and who was the target of the Prime Minister's electioneering. Do you think that this is a kinder, gentler Doug Ford? And does that have any implications for the city's dealings? Well, I'll say for my own part, leaving aside his relationship with the Prime Minister, that uh, Mr. Ford, since he made some changes uh, late in the spring or in the summer, um, has uh, his government has been uh, easier to deal with. And I can speak to that personally and say that that is the case. And that includes the Premier. Um, so I, I would think things are looking up in that regard. Um, I very much hope that now that the election time's over, I mean, you know, elections, for good or for bad, lead to sometimes fractious relationships because people are mentioning each other's names and in political uh, discourse, uh, and the election's over, and uh, Mr. Ford doesn't have an election coming for some time. So I would hope that we can all work together, and I think his statement yesterday was meant to indicate that, and I will certainly be doing everything I can to help to make sure that the relationship between all three of us uh, is good, uh, because really what we're all there to do on behalf of the very same people is get stuff done, get transit built, get some more affordable housing, uh, you know, make sure the community stays safe. So I'm I'm optimistic that uh, that statement and other things that I've seen indicate uh, that better times lie ahead in terms of the ability of all three governments to work together. I've had no trouble working with the federal government for the whole of the four years the same government's been in office. Um, I worked all right with, uh, you know, better than all right with Kathleen Wynne when she was Premier of Ontario. We had a bit of a rocky start with uh, Premier Ford, but I think things are improving. Toronto Mayor John Tory in conversation on Wednesday with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown, and this is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. MPPs return to the Ontario Legislature for the next session this coming week after a five-month break. It's no secret the reason for the extra-long break was so controversial Premier Doug Ford could stay out of the headlines during the federal election campaign. Though that didn't stop Prime Minister Justin Trudeau from constantly mentioning Ford as his main target. 
Judging by all of the liberal wins in Monday's election, at least here in the GTA, that strategy worked. So what are the priorities for the governing PCs and opposition New Democrats for the coming session? Libby was joined by Sarah Singh, NDP MPP for Brampton Centre and Deputy Leader of the Ontario New Democrats, and Paul Calandra, Progressive Conservative MPP for Markham Stouffville and PC Government House Leader. We obviously knew that uh, the the federal campaign was going to be a, a very passionately fought uh, campaign. I think we expected that and it was part of the reason why we... Uh, uh, made the decision to do as much as we possibly could to stay out of uh, out of that. Uh, the premier uh, had said to us, "Look, we're we're probably facing a, a minority parliament. We're going to have to be able to work with uh, not only one but all of the parties uh, if it is a minority." And uh, in retrospect, uh, he's now proven uh, correct. Uh, we we we're just going to move forward. Obviously, we have uh, an agenda that uh, continues us on the path of uh, of creating jobs and opportunity for the people of Ontario. We have some really big projects, some exciting stuff coming forward, obviously, with respect to transit and transportation uh, uh, in, the, in the GTA. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I think we have uh, a, a good, not only a, a fall session ahead of us, but uh, the, the, the winter and spring session are going to be equally as busy. Did that fact inform your priorities at all? I mean, after all, if you're looking certainly at the GTA, it's it's a sea of liberal red. And did you think maybe uh, there are some things and some ways where you should be changing course a little bit? No, look, I, look, I was, Libby, uh, as you probably know, I was a federal member of parliament uh, uh, for a while under the, the Stephen Harper government. And my uh, uh, I always faced a, a liberal uh, government here in the province of Ontario. It's it's more about working together and finding ways to, uh, to work together. We have an agenda that we want to to bring uh, to bring forward, and the issues are so different federally uh, and provincially. And uh, and we appreciate. Look, uh, the the people of Ontario made a decision on those federal issues that were important to them. But for our part. Uh, uh, it doesn't change what we want to do. We want to continue to focus on jobs and economic growth and on the, the Premier's signature policies with respect to transit and transportation, not only in the GTA, but roads and infrastructure in other parts of, of the province so that we can continue to to, uh, to keep the economy moving and continue the the, the good steady progress that we've seen in, in, in job creation. But uh, look, I'll say this, we absolutely positively uh, uh, are, are committed to working with, uh, uh, with the federal government, with this minority parliament to... Uh, uh, to, to help them make it work, because we we, we truly understand that uh, you you uh, the only way you build a prosperous Ontario is through a uh, uh, through a prosperous Canada. So uh, we're going to do that for the people of Ontario, and uh, looking forward to what we can accomplish. I am going to bring in MPP Sarah Singh, who is the deputy leader of the NDP, the opposition, of course. So um, what are your priorities as the opposition as you head into a new session? So I think for us, you know, the priorities are fighting for those things that uh, Ontarians across this province have been asking for. Um, you know, healthcare services is obviously top of mind uh, for everyone. I know that uh, the House leader mentioned that there's uh, the potential uh, mental health legislation that they'll be bringing forward. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing what that is. Um, but again, making sure that it's going to address some of the root causes that we have in our communities. So healthcare is, is top of mind. I think for us, um, you know, the, the uh, autism file is is still one that is a, a huge priority. I think we've had families for the last five months while Doug Ford's been, um, you know, not sure where, but uh, wherever the premier has been, uh, you know, these families have still been waiting while the legislature uh, was in pause. Um, 
So looking forward to getting back and, and trying to figure out what is going on with that file, what are the priorities of the government, and, and when can those families start to expect to see their, their services and dollars flow. Um, I think another big priority for us um, is, is the education file um, across the board. Um, you know, as, as I'm sure we're well aware, there have been significant cuts to education with over 10,000 students, uh, teachers, sorry, losing their, their jobs over the next uh, four years. Uh, so I think, you know, fighting for um, public education, ensuring that those jobs are, are protected, that students are getting the quality of education that they deserve. But I think irrespective of whether, you know, five teachers are losing their jobs or 10, there's an impact. There has been an impact uh, to education here in the province. Um, you know, we hear from students time and time again that they're crammed into classrooms. Um, many high school students forced to take spares because the electives that they need or required courses that they need are not available. Um, so, you know, those are questions that we need to be asking of this government. I don't understand how we're going to modernize the education system, ensure that students have a world-class education if we're cutting courses and cutting teachers from the classroom. That just doesn't make any sense. So that's definitely a major priority for us um, as we head back into the legislature. And there are obviously a number of other issues that have been uh, sort of brewing, um, but I think we're excited to get back to work. Um, at the end of the day uh, and fight for, you know, the things that matter here in Ontario. Sarah Singh, NDP, MPP for Brampton Centre and Deputy Leader of the Ontario New Democrats. And Paul Calandra, Progressive Conservative MPP for Markham Stouffville and PC Government House Leader. You're listening to the best of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. I'm Jane Brown. Premier Doug Ford's Ontario Line plan goes before full Toronto City Council this coming week. After receiving approval by Mayor John Tory's Executive Committee members this past week. But the opposition to this plan is growing from Leslieville residents who are upset about the above ground parts of the route that will disrupt their neighbourhoods. The Ontario line would go from the Ontario Science Centre in the north, south to East Harbour and then west to Ontario Place. On Thursday, Libby was joined by Ontario NDP transit critic Jessica Bell, Ward 14 City Councillor Paula Fletcher and Darcy Garand, a Riverdale resident and acting vice chair of the Lakeshore East Community Advisory Committee. I live in Riverdale on a street directly adjacent to the tracks. My home itself, um, there's about 17 feet between the back of my house and the chain link fence that separates uh, the rail corridor where trains are already passing. Um, so residents like me are concerned about the impact that this project is going to have to homes, uh, residential dwellings, small businesses um, in similar situations that are located very close to the tracks. A lot of residents that uh, presented themselves yesterday at the Executive Council to make deputations are also really concerned about the impact to Jimmy Simpson Park, which is a great green space that we have in the area. Uh, it's really the only sizable green space that we have, and and it's currently um, at jeopardy of being significantly impacted by this project. Um, as residents, we recognize that the impacts are going to be significant, but it's not just us complaining. Um, initial ca- the initial business case put forward by Metrolinx, as well as the city's own report, both acknowledge that the impact to communities, businesses, uh, fauna and flora adjacent to the tracks is going to be significant. So both provincial bodies have acknowledged that. We're just raising our concerns now to ensure that we're part of the conversation that needs to happen uh, through uh, with the public through the process. Let's bring in Paula Fletcher. It sounded to me yesterday that this was 
basically a done deal that everybody is fed up with looking. There finally some agreement. Uh, what do you think that you might be able to do to change things? It, it would be to agree to the Ontario line, but um, when you said let's just build it, there has to be an environmental assessment. We currently have an environmental assessment that was approved for the relief line, and as you know, in August, the province said, stop working on that. We're not building that, even though it was ready to build, and we're going to do the, re- the Ontario line. So during the period of the environmental assessment, all options have to be reviewed. And I think it's only fair that a neighborhood that is going from three tracks on the rail corridor to six with all of those impacts gets to put out some alternative scenarios during the environmental assessment. Let's bring in Jessica Bell. Hi, Jessica. Hi. What do you think that you might be able to do about this? Um, We do think that uh, a lot of thought needs to go into making sure that uh, a route is chosen that benefits residents and the city. And we are also calling for assurances that any new transit line that is built uh, is built without delay, that it costs a TTC fare uh, to ride uh, any new transit line, uh, and that the new lines are publicly owned because we know that that means communities have greater say and that it is usually cheaper for uh, governments to build. That's what we're calling for. Paula Fletcher, is it time to get tougher with Metrolinx? The good news, I think, for the community and for uh, well, for our community, for sure, uh, is that the mayor had moved some motions yesterday that amended the report where he wants to really look at mitigation around safety, noise and vibration, proximity of the tracks, the constructability, those six bridges, and asking Metrolinx to consider putting that underground where local impacts cannot be reasonably managed. So the mayor listened yesterday. 25 people came down to say, whoa, um, we had one already. It was underground. It was great. Could you please look at the impact of this uh, above ground for the two kilometers on the community, on the city? And the mayor said, yes, I think we need to do that. So he stepped in on the side of um, making sure that once you build it, it's built right. We're only going to build it once. So it has to be built right. Transit is a ping pong match in the city of Toronto. And you're right, we need to get it built. Uh, But it's not just the city that's been delaying anything. Jessica Bell, what would you like to leave us with on this? I think all three levels of government, um, we should be focusing on building new uh, transit lines in a respectful way. And we should also uh, be calling on the provincial government especially to properly fund uh, transit operations and maintenance so we can get immediate service improvements on all uh, routes across the city. Uh, That is something that's been lacking from this conversation and and we need to have it um, constantly there because it will make an immediate difference to people. And Darcy, what would you like to leave us with? Everyone in Toronto supports transit. We know that we need it right away. Our community wants the project just as badly as everyone else. Uh, We just want to ensure that Homes, small businesses, and the environment are all taken into consideration in the process. Darcy Garand, a Riverdale resident and acting vice chair of the Lakeshore East Community Advisory Committee, Ward 14 City Councilor Paula Fletcher, and Ontario NDP transit critic Jessica Bell. I'm Jane Brown. This is Zoomer Radio's Best of Fight Back. Fight Back with Libby Snymer brings you comprehensive coverage of the news stories that interest you and your reaction to them on the phones. After going through the audio, here are some of the best calls of the week. 
Dave in Brampton called with his take on how the conservative leader, Andrew Scheer, conducted himself during the federal election. Well, I think Scheer possibly lost a lot of votes by personal attacks on Trudeau rather than his policies. Uh, Also, he came across as, I don't give a damn about the uh, uh, environment. And he did say he was going to push those pipelines through. I think he lost a lot of votes on all three of those. And now, Fightback's Knockout Call of the Week. There were a lot of great calls this week, but the winner of the Fightback Knockout Call of the Week comes from Marion in Etobicoke, who says now is the time for leaders in the House of Commons to work cooperatively for the benefit of Canadians. Every head of each party is a very intelligent person. Could they please get over their ego trips and work together? This election has shown that we, the public, are not happy with the way the country's going. We need unity. Please, please, let's get it together. Let's not even talk about another election in two years. That's money wasted. Let's work together now and make us a strong, proud country that each of us says we are. That does it for this week's Best of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. If you'd like to qualify for the Fight Back Knockout Call of the Week, phone us noon to one weekdays at 416-360-0740 on Zoomer Radio. AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. Or if you have a comment, email us at fightback at zoomer.ca and follow us on Twitter at Fightback Libby. I'm Jane Brown. Make sure to join me again next weekend for a roundup of the best of Fight Back. The best of Fight Back is produced by Jane Brown, Justin Eacock, and Zeev Hadi, with technical production by Kelly Robotham. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.